first of all, can I just apologize? I'm ice. Apologize that my eyes keep crying. Something's triggering my allergies. So, <laughs> but that's okay. No worries. I'm just finding the group. People already messaging me. Where's the link? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do it. I was like, what's going on? I don't see anyone. I think I'm using the wrong link. So I'm no, I was like we- not able to get in. So, okay. <laughs> You're looking good. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> Every time I see you, I'm like, wow, your hair and your energy and everything. Um, oh. Okay, hold on. Money, talk, um, uh, how your cultural upbringing impact your money mindset with Dehana. Oh, I can tag you. Awesome. I'm like, Dehana, double N. One C. Yes. <laughs> Double N. So it's I like literally it. like the word day and it, Hannah. They had you. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. So I think we're about to go live. I'm just going to. Cool. I'm going to make sure Facebook is working. Perfect. Awesome. We are in and we are live. So happy. Okay, awesome. Awesome. So, this is another episode of Money Talk. Thank you for being here and for listening in. And today, I've invited my good friend, Dehana Acosta, to talk uh, to me about money mindset. And this comes from, this is like directly from a conversation we had when um, there was a, a period of time where the Black Lives Matter movement um, exploded across social media. It was Um, so a lot of us were having private conversations about all things in relation to that. And one of the things we started talking about was, um, you start sharing your culture upbringing in Colombia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and I'm always nervous. Like I have to remember the countries correctly. Um, you start uh, explaining to me your culture upbringing in Colombia and how that impacts certain decisions you make or how you approach things like money, which I thought was one fascinating Mm -hmm. to made me realize how has my upbringing, which is a mix of, you know, communists, well, not communist, but um, my family grew up in communist is from communist Czechoslovakia. And that's where they, they, that that's their upbringing. Then mm-hmm. my upbringing in Singapore, which is like the most capitalist society ever <laughs> yeah. and how that <laughs> impacts my decisions and my approach. So I thought that would be a really interesting conversation to have here. Um, just how have things from your culture, from your um, upbringing, from your childhood, um, not just money stories, but also like actually cu- your culture, your family yeah. culture, your your ancestry, how does that still impact your money decisions? Dehana, um, I would love for you to, I'm going to stop my monologue now. <laughs> I would love for you to, to introduce yourself and tell everyone uh, who you are and what you're all about. Great. Okay. So first of all, thanks for having me. Um, my name is Dehana Costa and I am a dual citizen. I'm Colombian American. I lived in Colombia until I was about 11 years old. And then my family moved to Puerto Rico and then the U.S. And I've been sort of floating ever since. Uh, but professionally, I am an e-commerce specialist. I would say I own a lot of e-commerce stores. I do drop shipping. Um, I sell stuff online, basically. If you're not familiar with what that is, and yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. <laughs> and where are you calling in from now? 
I am currently in Albania. So I'm in a very pretty town next to the sea called Saranda. I love it. It's it's I've never considered Albania like a place potential tourist destination for myself. And after seeing all of your Instagram posts, I'm like, all right, the moment like we were allowed to travel again, that's one of my top places and then go hang out with Dehana in Albania. Yeah, you definitely should. Oh my God, it's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So when it comes to your cultural upbringing and money mindset, what are some of the things that come up for you? Okay, so can we just go way, 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 way back? I think I have to like dive into my story a little bit in order for it to make sense. So as I said, I was born in Colombia and my dad was a very traditional professional in the sense that he worked his way up the corporate ladder and he did very, very well for himself in Colombia in the 90s. Now, if you're not familiar with Colombia or what Colombia was like in the 90s, the city I'm from, Medellin, was the most dangerous city in the world, I think, at this point. So being someone who was successful came with a lot of cons, like, you know, dangers to your dangers to your personal safety, um, having to hide your wealth, things like that. So while my dad was very, very successful when we were growing up, there was a lot of fear involved with my upbringing. So we, you know, I went to the best schools in Colombia. I lived in a huge house. I had like a nanny. So I had a very privileged life when I was in Colombia. And then that all came crashing down pretty quickly um, in the holidays. I think it was like before Christmas, I don't remember exactly the year, but basically we were invited to a Christmas party and my aunt's husband uh, was kidnapped in that Christmas party because, uh, because he was involved with politics and because he was quote unquote successful and wealthy. And I think that was like a very defining moment for me growing up because I realized that money allowed you to have a lot of things, you know, like paying for great schools, having access to help, et cetera, et cetera. But it also meant that it could become a threat to your personal well-being. So that incident really, really marked my perception of money. And that wasn't something that I really realized until like years later now that I'm an adult and I was um, trying to dive deep and figure out why I was making a lot of erroneous money decisions and why I always kept on self-sabotaging. And that's how I kind of went back to that incident and realized that this goes really, really deep and it's far beyond like just simply changing your mindset that there's like trauma involved in that. So, I mean, that's, I'm, I've been making like facial expressions and getting goosebumps. It's just that, that sounds so horrifying, that kind of upbringing. Um, Like mine's basically the complete opposite because from when I was nine, um, I was in Singapore, which is literally one of the safest places, like one of the safest places in the world, if not the safest. Um, so I, I have like almost no, you know, connection to something like that. So it sounds, um, it sounds incredible, like in, in the way of, 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 yeah, I, I'm, I'm finding it hard to grasp it. I've heard the story already and I still find it hard to grasp because if you have that kind of experience and that kind of connection at that age, right? Mm-hmm. And now you juxtapose that with like, we're in our what, 30s? We're like yeah. online business entrepreneurs and people are like, including me, like I'm a business coach. I help people make money, right? And we're like, 100K months, like let's make 100K a month. And then if you have that association, but if I become wealthy, if I have money, if people see that, there is like, there is this possibility of I get kidnapped, my family gets kidnapped, hurt or worse. Yeah. Um, how, when did you start realizing this connection? 
honestly, it wasn't until about two years ago where I was, I, I wouldn't say I wasn't successful in my business. I was doing really well. You know, I was making like maybe, I don't know, I would say well for me back then, like maybe making maybe $50,000 a year or something living in Europe. That's a pretty okay, quote unquote, salary. I wasn't hungry at the time. Um, and I would start doing a lot of things. And then very quickly, I would back away from them. So like, I would really show up on social media with like all of the energy in the world and be like, I'm just going to go out there, like with everything I got. And then that fear, that crippling fear will start taking over whenever I would see like follower counts going up or whenever I would like find myself like getting a new client or whatever. The more I found I, I was in a place of feeling successful, quote unquote, the more I I felt really, really afraid for my personal safety um, and for how I was putting myself out there on social media to the point where I, I really just withdrew, you know, withdrew from like being publicly visible because it just became so difficult for me to, to balance those two things. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until about two years ago when it really became apparent for me that this was something that went really far back uh, with the safety issue, but also a lot of other mindset issues that come with Latin culture and our relationship with money. Tell us, tell us about that. So for example, um, in Latin culture, we have a lot of things that sort of become part of our daily life that we internalize to be absolute truths. I'll give you some examples of that. Like um, I have a huge family, right? And when we left Colombia, uh, we, we went from being really well off and really, really wealthy to basically having to get up, give up all of our financial wealth in order to seek the safety of moving to the US. So we lost everything and then we moved to the ghetto in Puerto Rico. And that was like a huge life transition. Uh, but my mom would always tell me like, toca acomodarse, like you better make, we have to make it do or we have to just be complacent with what, what life has given us. Like toca acomodarse, like you just, you need to get used to it, you know? And I always go back to that phrase because that's what I did for a long time. Like I settled in what I wanted for my career. I settled with relationships. I found myself going back to, well, I may not have what I want right now, uh, but you know, it's good enough. So it was you like- just deal, just deal with it basically. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think the complacency, like I, I thought that I was just a very grateful person, uh, but I was really mistaking complacency for gratitude. I was just complacent because I was always raised to believe that you could settle for whatever it is that you have at any given moment, moment and that when you step out of that, you're just being ungrateful or you're being too flashy or too loud. Uh, so that definitely was something that played a big role. Um, another thing was we have this thing called no des papaya. It literally means don't give a papaya. It makes no sense when you translate it at all. <laughs> but it actually means so put yourself in situations where you could become a target um, in our culture. And these are not things that I ever think of any of my white friends thinking about. I don't think I've ever had a conversation with many of my friends who've never grown up in a dangerous country in terms of like, your behavior could shape the way you will attract crime towards you. And that's how we're raised. So like, if, if for example, I went and I posted a story celebrating how happy I am because I killed it this month, you know, and I did so well in business, my, in, my internal conditioning will go like, pero no puedes dar papada. Like you can't, you can't put yourself out there because that just makes you a target for people yeah. to know that you have nice things and that they can come and take them or, you know, it's, 
So that's, that's a lot of what you're battling internally. It's this belief that money is inherently evil and that it's going to bring pain and suffering and lack of safety. And it just comes out over and over and over again in the way that we are raised. I just think, I mean, if we, we take this conversation towards money mindset as an entrepreneur, I find mm-hmm. this so fascinating, right? And this makes so much sense. If you, if you grew up in Medellin, in Colombia during the, like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it was a very, 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 like not a great place to be in, in terms of personal safety. And you're seeing this stuff happening to people who are wealthy or wealthier or successful mm-hmm. and family members. And then your entire family has to give up all the money you have that your family has built and move with like two suitcases to the ghetto in Puerto Rico and then to the US, as you've said, um, of course that shapes your money mindset. Of course that shapes visibility or fear of visibility, right? Mm -hmm. Not because of it's some kind of bullshit belief system you've created, but this is just like, this is the scenarios you've had in front of you. This is reality. That's, that's, this is the reality you have been brought up in. Exactly. And I think that you just hit on the spot for me that that's one thing that infuriates me when I hear people talking about money mindset, but they ignore trauma. And they ignore the fact that trauma can be very, very real and what that does to the human brain. So for me, whenever I would hear people talking about money mindset, well, just put yourself out there, you know, you attract what you put out. And I was like, do you understand? And all people will say, people will tell me, well, there are wealthy people in Colombia, right? Like, so so, and they were fine. So you're going to be fine. It goes so much deeper than that. And I think just with all of the talk that is out there right now about cultural issues, diversity training, things like that, these are not things that a lot of coaches have any awareness of. So for example, I sought coaching uh, multiple times during my business career. And many times I found myself disillusioned with coaches because I thought, you have no idea. Like you really don't understand. And it's, you, you will never understand. I'm not looking for you to have the same experience as me, as me but I'm looking for you to validate that experience uh, because it is not the same as yours. You have a, you know, I'm not talking specifically to you, but I'm just saying in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, that, that's definitely something that's always stood out to me is how, um, for a lot of us who've had different experiences when it comes to money and when there's actual generational trauma involved with our relationship with money, the work that we have to do goes, goes much deeper than saying affirmations or meditating or journaling about it. Like it is deep, deep work that has to happen in order for us to be able to start healing. I, I, uh, I'm just, I'm getting goosebumps about this entire thing. Cause I think this is such a powerful story that you're sharing um, it's something like obviously with my upbringing, um, cause when we had that conversation, I really start thinking about how has my upbringing and situations from my childhood shaped how I view money. Um, because so I grew up in, well, I grew up, no, we left Czech Republic when I was three, moved to the U S but my parents, like they're from, brought up in communist Czechoslovakia, Czechoslovakia, where um, I was actually born in on November 1st, 1989, which is when two weeks before the Velvet Revolution happened in Prague. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. so I would say pe- that's when people were um, standing on the main square in Prague, ringing their keys to make noise to get rid of the, the communists. Mm-hmm. So I say they were there for my birth. Haha, <laughs> I'm funny that way. Anyway, <laughs> um, what, 
within that time, it was really, really, everything was about connections, right? If you wanted anything, you had to know someone. If you wanted to get to a, in, into the university of your choice or into a job or whatever, you had to know people and you also had to work your ass off. So there's this huge culture of you do things yourself. You yes. do things yourself and 100%. don't trust anyone because you don't know what they want from you. So when I, for example, when I hired like my first assistant, um, my Czech family, and this, they don't, didn't mean this in a bad way at all, but my Czech relatives said, how do you know they're not going to try and cheat you? Yeah. And that was something like, <laughs> wow, I, I would never, I, I didn't even think about that, but I mean, you know, there's systems in place and so on. And Oh my God, they sound exactly like my family, like a hundred percent. We're the same way. Like we don't trust anybody. (laughs) We don't trust you. That was the first response because, you know, because that culture of like 50, 60 years um, got invaded by the Germans and by the Russians and the communists were there. Um, That's, it's such a culture of you have to work hard and you have to really fight for yourself because no one else is going to fight for you. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is then something like hiring a cleaner. Oh my God, the mindset issues that I didn't even know I had about hiring a cleaner for like 40 euros a week or something like not expensive at all. Um, But just the fact that it's a task and I'm a woman. And and you're supposed to be able to do that. (laughs) Exactly. I should be. And I'm capable of doing that work myself. So I should Mm -hmm. not be lazy and just do it. And it was only until I I listened to Denise Duffield Thomas's um, amazing book, um, Chillpreneur. I highly recommend it. I think it was there. She said, why are you paying $100 an hour to scrub your toilet? Mm -hmm. It's true. Right? It's true. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But it's stuff like that. Like with outsourcing, that was a big thing for me with paying for tools, especially in the first few years of my business before I started seeing an ROI. Why am I paying, you know, even $15 a month for a social media schedule when I could technically do it myself and save that money? right? Yeah. yeah. Then the other belief system, the other belief system definitely is from Singapore. So when we were, I was, when I was nine, we moved to Singapore. I went through the local school system. I was the only white girl in my school. That's a story for all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there, the culture is very, very, very hardworking, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about your grades, the grades yeah. in your school. Mm-hmm. That is your worth. Yes. Yeah. The grades you get in your school is your worth. So when I was yeah. um, 11, that's when you have, uh, it's called the PSLE, primary school leaving examination. That's the mm-hmm. first big national exam. And you are literally ranked by the points Based you get, on, uh-huh. right? So yeah. from there, from Singapore, because I went through the entire local school system until university, the belief I created for myself, which makes a lot of sense given that culture is the more hours I put in, the more successful I will be. Because how do you get better grades? You study more. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder I had a burnout. <laughs> yeah. And it's also true. Like I, I look at my parents, like after le- leaving Colombia and like uh, working three or four jobs and we were always barely surviving, always. So it wasn't for lack of work. In fact, I think it was the opposite. I think what happens is when you work yourself to death, you lose the capacity to think about what else is out there and because you're too busy just surviving, you know, and, and this, this culture that they put us into and just, you, you got to live to work. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's damaging. It's really crazy. Um, and the best thing that we can do to make sure that we are not falling into that 
is I think what you do a lot of is just finding a balance of working less but more efficiently. Yeah, for me, it's it's um, not about efficiency per se as like I need to be more productive in the sense of I need to get more things done in less time. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm about. I'm not great at that in general. But I look at from the things I can do, what has the highest potential to give me the best return? Yeah. For every mm-hmm. hour I put in, what can give me the best return? So something like this for me, I'm like, it's 30 minutes. I love Dehana already. We have a conversation about something that we enjoy. This goes on my Facebook group. It goes on podcast. Dehana promotes it. Like it's a total win-win and it's easy for me. So yeah. the return is really high. Um, also, this is a good day to be having this conversation because I went to the spa this morning. <laughs> did, I know. I saw that. Did you have a good time? I did. And it was like, it's super <laughs> close to my house. I was only there for like two and a half hours. I mm-hmm. floated in the salt pool. Also, it's, I live in the Netherlands. So all the spas here are naked. Yeah, um, it took me again, grew up in Singapore, very conservative in like the girls <laughs> bathroom, we changed our shirts in the toilet. So no one would see our bras yeah. um, in a girls school. So it took me like a good eight years of living in the Netherlands before I went to my first nude spa here. And now I'm like, Oh, this is really nice and freeing. And no, one I think cares. I would have totally fit in because I, I'm just weird, like Latin culture is the same way, you know, you're gonna cover it up, cover up. And I'm like, take it all off. I don't care about clothes. <laughs> Um, so we'll happily join you <laughs> great let's let's do it um, when we can travel um but what I realized like for example as I go to the spa it feels it still feels uncomfortable it feels frivolous it feels mm-hmm. like I'm being lazy like I'm wasting money like I should be working so it's a lot of like mindset things I have to deal with even just to book that damn appointment but then I was there and the re- one of the reasons I was there for only two and a half hours and I was like okay I'm getting itchy I want to go home now was because because of being able to relax, all the dots started connecting in my head. So I started. <laughs> Sorry about that. No I'm just going to have a lot of, I'm just going to, you know, we have a lot of stray dogs and I had to come outside because out of all of the days today, there was the internet wasn't working. And then I had, I have three dogs inside my house myself and it's just like a circus in there. So anyways, I was, I thought it was going to be quieter here, but I guess not. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just repeat it for the, the podcast. Okay. So one of the reasons I went home after only two and a half hours at the sauna was because I started getting itchy because all the dots start connecting in my head and I started getting all these like ideas and things like, okay, we have to do that. I have to email that person, but like in a really good way that it just, things just felt clearer. And then I can go home, do this podcast episode or this live stream and then go and get this work done. So I'm preparing for my launch in three weeks. And it it still feels counterintuitive. It still feels wrong, but I'm just have to reinforce the fact, like if I do this stuff, I'd literally get better results because I'm more relaxed. I can make better decisions. I have more energy. True, a hundred percent, yeah. Anything else you'd like to add, Dehana, in terms of culture, upbringing? Well, I don't know if you have time, but for me, I I always like to leave people with things that are more actionable that they can actually implement in their own life. But I just don't know where we are on time. So you let Um, me know. We're good. If we have more stuff to talk about, like we can continue. Um, And we end end these anyway with a quest. So you'll you'll have a space to give an actionable tip at the end. Okay, perfect. Well, for me, it's just, I really, there's a couple things that I really want people to to start thinking about, especially if you come from a diverse background and you have a similar upbringing. I'm going to go through them really, really fast as soon as uh, delay. Okay, so the first one is uh, don't settle for, for less. 
than what you know that you're capable of achieving. Uh, you don't have to acomodarse, as we would say in Spanish. You don't have to make yourself comfortable to fit into a certain lifestyle that doesn't suit your needs. Um, the other one is, I, we say like la costumbre es más fuerte que el amor. Like that means tradition is stronger than love. You can love something and you can have really, really strong aspirations to want to do something in your life, but habit is what's going to keep you from reaching that peak, that love that you have. So keep that in mind that you can dream and envision this incredible life for yourself, but if your day-to-day -day life is built on habit and comfort, you're never going to get to that. So again, like la costumbre es más fuerte que la amor, you know, tradition is stronger than, um, than what it was, <laughs> the cost Habit. I guess. Habit, there you go. Um, Sarah, do you want to say something about that? Because I was just seeing your expression. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to cut you off. And then, sorry, I make, I make notes because I'm ADD. Uh, you should, as a Latin woman, this is in our culture, as a woman of color, you should seek wealth and not status. So what does that mean? We are taught that in order to fit in into a room, especially into white spaces, we need to look the part and fit the part. But in doing that, we lose a lot of our financial wealth. Like we'll, we'll spend money that we don't have to buy cars that we can't afford or to dress ways that we shouldn't be able to. And I'm not saying there's absolutely anything wrong with that, but your focus should always be on acquiring and gaining wealth and leveraging your assets as opposed to showing off in order to be allowed into a room. If you feel like you need to show off in order to have a presence in any certain environment, then that is not the environment for you. And that's something I want to leave people with because we waste so much money just trying to fit in and belong in a certain space. And I don't think that that's necessary. Um, and then talk about money, invest your money, Please, please, please uh, let go of those taboos that we have around having conversations about what do we do with our wealth? How do we use our time and our resources in order to be able to acquire more wealth as opposed to depleting them? You know, like we have a lot of things that are given to us and we just waste them going back to trying to fit in, trying to impress others, trying to make room for ourselves in spaces where we are not wanted instead of doing that build wealth. Um, and I think that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's it, Maggie. <laughs> I love it. Seriously, thank you so much for sharing. And I just, I just, um, my master's thesis was on in, um, cross-cultural communication. So I've always been really fascinated by like how different people, different cultures, how we think, how we, um, how can we get on the same wavelength? That's what I want. How can yeah. we understand each other better? Um, actually, one of the things I was thinking of when you were talking about that you got disillusioned with coaches because they just weren't from a similar background. So they just, there was like no way they can understand. I actually thought of, we've both had, without going to detail, we've both had very similar stories in terms of fertility struggles. Yeah. Which means 100%. that we've then had some conversations where we completely have been able to get each other in mm -hmm. a way that anyone who's not gone through something similar, just they they don't get it. It's not their fault. They can try, yeah, but they're just not actually going to be able to understand. And um, I, I've, I found that something for me personally, that I found similarities in those things. It's, it's not that I'm not trying to understand you. It's just, I grew up in a really safe 
country where I would walk home when I was 12 at three in the morning and not, or not, not at three when I was 12, but you know, <laughs> maybe, a, maybe, maybe a, a little bit older. Let's say yeah. your parents weren't that chill. <laughs> Let's say 17. Yeah. 17. Okay. And <laughs> like, you know, a mini dress and heels walking home at three in the morning or whatever. Um, and just there, you know, never had any sense of, I would leave my, like, this was maybe a bit extreme, but um, we had like these work um, at the bottom of our university, it was like in the city center on the, we had like a street side. So people just could walk there, but we had like big picnic tables set up for us to work from. I, the one, I literally just left my laptop there, went inside into the university, <laughs> used the bathroom, came back out so, there. And that's Oh my pretty- God. My family will strangle me if I did something like that. Like seriously, we have to wait for this car to pass. <laughs> but, um, they would kill me. They would literally kill me if I did something like that. And also, if something happened to my belongings, it would totally be my fault. God forbid you blame the teeth, you know? <laughs> right? So that's where culture makes such a big difference uh, because we're just, for us, it's normalized that it is our personal responsibility to protect your, ourselves against a very dangerous world for women, against a place like an aggressive world, yeah. quote unquote, which is not okay, you know? It's not okay, but that's just how we are we are raised and living up to trying to constantly be on a sense of, I need to protect myself from the outside world. Of course, there's a lot of consequences when you're trying to grow your business. So I think it's just having that awareness and realizing where you're talking trauma, how it can really deeply change the, the future of your business and your capacity to acquire wealth throughout your life. I love that. Um, I would really be curious for people who are listening or watching and share your stories of what's happened in your upbringing or what elements of your culture do you think impact how you view money? Because this is a, this is when you're a business owner, when you have an online-based business or just a business in general, money mindset impacts asking for money, sending invoices, raising your prices, firing Mm -hmm. a client, you know, handling refunds, um, launching products, creating new offers, investing in yourself, buying property. Visibility. Visibility, <laughs> yes. It's, it all gets impacted. So this is such an important conversation to have. Diana, I could honestly keep talking to you forever. I love talking to you, but this was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. And please share with everyone, how can we find you and connect with you? You guys just find me on social media. My name is Dehana Acosta. And I look forward to seeing you there. Um, if you want to learn anything about e-commerce, dropshipping, I'm your girl. And I hope to connect with you guys soon. Awesome. I'm just going to take a picture because I always forget. Ah. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> I have to switch. Only, you can, only if you send it to me later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, picture? Yes, we're good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. Okay, thank you.